0: this is the mitch gray show where we are bringing the art of humanity back to leadership subscribe to the mitch gray show wherever you listen to podcasts also subscribe to our youtube channel mitch gray media where you'll find each of our episodes and other resources that will equip inspire and empower you to lead well and now the mitch gray show what is up brothers and sisters welcome to the mitch gray show another great episode Plan for you today. Make sure you subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and subscribe to our YouTube channel where we try and put most of our shows and some other cool stuff for you. I am your host, Mitch, Mitch Gray, author of How to Hire and Keep Great People, Small Business and Leadership Consultant. Today I have with me Jared Narlock. Jared, we'll get to your bio in a second. Welcome to the
1: show, man. Yeah, thanks, Mitch. I appreciate you having me and I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, we've been waiting on this for a little bit. We were talking before the show how time flies like, oh my gosh, it's we're recording this at the beginning of September and we talked like a month ago. It's like, where's time going? So yeah, it happens to all of us, I guess happens to all of us. Um, Jared, you have a new book coming out and I think it's actually available um, via ebook currently. Is that correct?
1: That is. It's out on ebook now, and the uh, physical copies come out November 16th.
0: Awesome. Awesome. A November book. I love that. Becoming a Peaceful Powered Leader. Love the title. We'll get to that in a second. But I have a big question that I want to start with, and then we'll come back to your bio to let the people know who you are. Um, Your book is obviously focused on leadership. Um, You use the word peaceful, so we're going to assume that it's also focused on finding peace as a leader, contentment. I'm not going to give it all away because we want people to go buy the book. But the big question I have for you to kind of start off is, you know, we hear the word leadership and leader and and all of that thrown around so much. And I feel like we don't really give a lot of definition um, to a lot of those words as we use them. And so my question is, why is continued growth So important and valuable when you're a leader in a leadership position, whatever that looks like. Why is that continued growth so important?
1: Yeah, such a big piece and something that I talk regularly about with the field of work that I've been in for years because I've seen it. I've seen it myself. I've seen it in others. It's so important. Truly, because if if we're not growing and developing ourselves as leaders, number one, it makes it hard for us to invest in others and truly be able to see what we can bring to them in different ways, how we partner with them. And then two, from an an internal perspective, uh, one example I'll give you is emotions. Emotions, the research behind emotions continues to evolve. There's different authors of their work, Natalie Kogan, Dr. Susan David, Brene Brown, Dr. Brene Brown, soon to have her new book coming out around it. And what we're learning about emotions and how to embrace emotions and the fact that we have them all, it's not positive and negative, but easier and harder. And if I was where I was three years ago, I would have still been looking at some emotions as negative. Why? Because they were hard for me to go to. And so that continuous growth and improvement That's one of the areas for me. I've been working on how do I handle my emotions? How does it feel physically in my body? How do I process that? Hmm. And that goes to any leader as far as the situations that they're going to have coming forward. Obviously, with the pandemic, there was a big shift for a lot of people and leaders if they weren't growing and developing and they're trying to use what they were using three years ago was going to be very difficult for them and their team. And so at the core of it, it's how we grow and evolve and the importance behind that. And then in turn, how we're able to shift that and how we invest others. And I think it's so vital, really great question there. Mm,
0: I love that. I, a couple of years ago in having those similar discussions with folks like you and kind of the work, you know, you and I do similar work in a lot of ways and, um, I came up with this phrase, and I, I honestly don't know where it came from. It was just kind of maybe divine intervention. I don't know. Because I was thinking about, you know, really what you're describing is the beauty of our humanity, right? Is it's beautiful and bloody and gory and happy and sorrowful and full of gratitude. I mean, and, and oftentimes we think, well, we want to be happy, we want to have joy, we want to be content, we want to have peace. And we only look at those um, attributes from the aspect of, I'm going to use the word convenience. We only want to see those attributes through the lens of good things happening. But the problem is that's not life, right? It just doesn't work that way. So the phrase that I coined and kind of came up with was leading from our humanity. And that's really the picture that you just painted is those emotions go ahead and feel those. That's the most healthy thing you can do. And we can all tell stories of times that we didn't allow ourselves to feel those emotions. And it doesn't end well, even if they're a positive emotion when we don't truly feel those, it just doesn't work.
1: It's so true. Uh, Just last week, I was, I was facilitating a workshop and this individual came up and she shared, she had been in her career for over 40 years and had shared that over the last two years, she was not showing up the way that she had wanted to and the person that she wanted to be. And she said her leader had recommended the workshop and there was some pre-work. And she said, based off of the pre-work, I'm really hopeful and I'm looking forward to this experience. And, you know, for me up to that point, I had one focus of where I was going to go with the workshop, but then hearing that I needed to be Mm. able to shift and say, Hey, this is an opportunity right here. And it kept that humanity remembering this person's putting a lot of hope in this. And I liken it to the leadership roles. The day one of my team members came and told me that she had cancer and this was a team member who kept her personal pieces very close to her. And so it was extremely hard for her and I could see the vulnerability and thinking, okay, how do I show up for her right now? How am I going to be truly empathetic and be able to connect. And it's just such a big piece, the way you've said it, that humanity, how we come forward, while yes, we may be in a work setting, and there are business outcomes at the end of the day, we're people trying to do our best day in right. and day out, and that best looks different each day.
0: Yeah, Oh, I love that the best looks different each day. Yeah. So Jared, you're a uh, keynote speaker, author, talent development coach. Uh, you you teach leaders how to build highly engaged and accountable teams, which I'm glad I held on to that bio because a little bit that you shared right now, <laughs> that's living proof of what you do. Um, you have more than 16 years of experience partnering with C-level executives, chief culture officers, and leaders, and I'm sure a gamut of other uh, humans on the earth. So Uh, Let's kind of, I want to go to the book here in a second, but how, how in the world, you know, 16 years of experience doing workshops, like you just painted the picture of what's your story, man, everyone, everyone arrives today through walking a path or a million different paths. And I oftentimes think we, we, we don't give that story enough value um, when we're talking about humanity. So how did you arrive at where you are today?
1: Yes, that is a story to that point, for <laughs> right. sure. I, uh, For me, I wanted to go to college, wasn't sure the route, that wasn't something that had happened in my family to that point. And so something that I did have exposure to was parents that were in the Air Force. And so I joined the Air Force, and they give you a couple of options based on what you score on the particular test. Right. And right. one of the options that was really the most appealing out of the ones given was working on computers. And here I am, a person that loves to connect with people, and I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to work in ones and zeros, but there's the best option. So I took that, but I saw an opportunity as soon as I joined the Air Force and went through my technical training that I could do a special duty assignment down the road. And that special duty assignment was as an adult educator. And so the minute I could apply, I did I was the youngest person in the squadron, the lowest ranking in the squadron, but I got a wide array of skills of instructional system design, objectives and testing. And at the heart of it, it confirmed I loved working with people. And so I started that work there when I got out of the Air Force, continued in a corporate setting, had an awesome director who mentored me uh, at times, coached me at times, And just continue to soak in the information, look for opportunities for workshops, for certifications, a lot of reading, and continue to grow my skill set. Stepped into leadership roles and built off of those experiences to continue to try to make what I'm doing in those workshops, what I'm doing when I'm speaking, truly humanistic and authentic so that people can relate and they see that. I have people come up different times and say, I really appreciated your examples, because I could tell you've lived through them right. and you used these tools and I see the validity and now I want to work towards that. Yeah. And that's been my, my journey from the air force into the corporate world. And now doing both the uh, internal consulting at times and external consulting. Love it.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. And I want to say, um, good job because I I've, Witnessed oftentimes that transition from military life to uh, what what people call civilian life and careers not go so well. So so good job on being adaptable and kind of having some opportunity come your way because unfortunately that doesn't um, translate and and that is a bummer. It, it really is. I feel bad for folks. I remember being. Um, in a in a situation where I was hiring a lot of people and, and the town I was in was a very military based air, Force, air large Air Force base community. And gosh, I can't count how many folks came in that were transitioning and they just couldn't find something that translated, you know, from from their years of and oftentimes you're talking 10, 12, 15 years of experience. Yeah. And so I just want to tell you, good job. Way to be diligent because yeah, sometimes it doesn't I work that way.
1: So yeah. I appreciate it. And it is, it's, it's, I always uh, get excited when I see someone that has been able to make that transition, Uh, because to your point, I've, I've seen that as well as some that, that have some great potential and figuring out how, how to transfer it over. But I always told people making those investments. I got my, my bachelor's degree while I was in the air force, used my GI bill for my master's. And so, so very thankful for the air force and what they invested in me. And then being able to use that in different ways. Yeah. I love it.
0: So Becoming a Peaceful Powered Leader, for those that are watching us on, on screen, on virtually, I uh, have a copy. Jared, thanks for sending me that, man, advanced copy. Um, tell us what, you know, a book is not an easy thing. Talk about a journey, right? It's not an easy thing to, to kind of bear forth, and it, and it truly is um, kind of a reflection of the soul, regardless of the genre that you're writing in. So first of all, is this your first um, book that you've published?
1: So this is my first through a traditional publisher before that I did do one self-published book and you are correct. It is a, it is a journey in there and it is a process and lots of times there's that inner reflection going through the process. You learn some things about yourself and really it can be a a truly heartfelt, engaging experience. And so this being uh, my first stepping outside of, of that self-publishing and learning how to work with a publisher, how to work with a, a potential agent and going through that. It, it was a whole unique yeah. process, but thankfully, loving the growth and development opportunities that it brought forward.
0: Awesome. Well, congratulations, brother. It's uh, uh, having, having written six books and published four, it's... <laughs> People, I always tell people, just write a book, whether you do anything with it or not, because it is such a reflection of yourself. And so congratulations. Great work. The book is, is really cool. We're going to get to some of the content in it. Uh, before we get there, becoming a peaceful, powered leader, how did you arrive at, first of all, the concept? Because it, it seems like large projects like that begin conceptually, usually years in the making. And then it kind of manifests itself through a title. Sometimes that's working with creative directors or just something within yourself. So how did you arrive at the concept first? And then how did you settle on, uh, on that title?
1: Sure. The concept came about, and again, you hit it right on, very intuitive. It, it was something that, one, I was struggling with and something that a lot of my coaching clients or leaders that were in workshops I saw patterns and these individuals who wanted to bring their best as as leaders, Uh, but at the same time, sometimes they they weren't sure where to to start. Other times they started and what they thought it was going to be was very different. And they would say, Jared, there's got to be a better way. I'm trying to bring my best to my (laughs) people. I'm trying to get the results for the organization. And at the end of the day, I don't feel like I'm truly doing a great job in any area. And I realized it. I I realized while I was getting great results, I realized it was at the expense of my Mm peace and other pieces around that, that piece in areas of my life. And I thought there has to be a better way. And so I went on a journey from talking to different thought leaders, which some of those interviews are in the book and really seeing what are the tools that are there and what makes up that piece and finding that that is a journey in itself for each person that's unique. But what I found was six pieces that when truly aligned can bring someone to their place of peace. And it does take work. It's a a continuous effort. But one of the big things that I found was, okay, is this beyond my experience? And I, in research, saw... Uh, I believe it was Gallup that shared that over 80%, eight out of 10 organizations were saying eight out of 10 of the leaders they hired, they felt were not the talent that they thought, not right for the role. And at the same time, over six out of 10 leaders were saying, Hey, I entered into this leadership role with little to no training. Mm -hmm. And Mm so you see there that mismatch of organizations wanting it. And obviously this person went through the whole interview process. They had to have those qualities that they said were right, but now they're saying, oh, they're they're mismatched. They're not the right person. And at the same time, these, these individuals saying, hey, I am the right person, but I need some help along the way. Yeah. And so my heart in service to others and care for others said, okay, I want to work towards a fix for this, something that people can connect to. Mm-hmm. And again, what I had went through getting results, but at the expense of at one point compromising my values and realizing that was not a peaceful place. And so the journey took me to finding this this concept of these six pieces that really take us towards an inward focus and change what our outlook may be on some of the external tools, some of the things that we are taught that work that may still work, but how much more powerful they can be when we have that internal alignment with our piece. And the six pieces are setting and owning our reality, that it starts with our accountability each time going back and saying, have I aligned my accountability to where it is? Am I owning what's within my locus of control? And then how I build others up. And the the third one, which was really that one with my values, am I serving others in lieu of making self-preserving decisions? And then finally, how do I invest in others, which that's different from building others up. And how do I set sacred time with myself? Investing in myself and those two go hand in hand. And then finally, which this one is a big piece of your book that I love, is how do I set the environment for people to step into yeah. and own their empowerment? Yeah. And you know, the biggest one being that core of setting and owning a reality. If we're not doing that, that's usually where we can find where our piece is out of alignment. But if it is there, going through, checking the other pieces and if we're doing those things, which is a big part as a leader, being in partnership with our team, empowering, setting that environment for empowerment with our team, right. it opens the door for a very peaceful place and not, not necessarily easy, but a very peaceful place.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, Peace is kind of one of those funny words. To be honest, I, I wish I knew what that concept was in 20 other languages. Because in the English language for us, peace is kind of one of those words that when you even just say it, the concept is pretty clear of what's in fact, it's really one of those words that when you speak it, it kind of gives an energy to the room and to the situation that many other words don't. And so maybe that's our homework, even for the listeners. Let's 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 get on Google Translate and let's find some some other languages that use that same concept, because my guess is. Um, I like to call those type of concepts very spiritual in nature, and my guess is, regardless of the language, that energy is going to remain the same, which is really powerful when you stop and think about it, I, and I want to bring this out without giving it away totally, because I really want people to go order your book, but you start the book off with a bang man with a story that placed you in a situation that became the opposite of peaceful. (laughs) And it really caused a lot of reflection, you know, for you as a leader. And my guess would be started probably planting those seeds of, uh uh-oh, like something's not right here. So if you want to go into detail on that story, great. If you just want to talk about kind of the results and let people, you know, kind of leave people hanging, I love that as well. But Kind of talk to us a little bit about those stressful situations where as a leader, you were really able to look in the mirror and go, I don't recognize who I see, I don't like who I see, and we got to change something here.
1: Yeah, that is such a big point. And it was one of the pieces that actually I had since moved on from that role. I was in a vice president of talent development role at the, the time, and I was out of alignment with my peace and really not connected to my values in that moment that that uh, had occurred. And from there, the next role that I went into, while I was there and and I was able to operate, I was able to lead. I still knew, hey, I haven't necessarily moved on from what transpired in those moments. Right. Those moments where I wasn't leading in peace. Those moments where I was. Self preserving instead of serving others. Right. And so that led to the journey of really working to find how do I get back to my peace? And it involved mm. having some tough conversations. Yeah. One conversation was with my significant other and discussing with her hey, if I really stick to my values, this is where I may be one day. Are you okay with that? She said, yes, it's about time we had this conversation. Mm. Wow. She could see that I had been struggling. And there were individuals that saw it as well that knew me well. But then there were other people that said, Hey, you no, know, you were still leading us. This was great. And so, you know, part of me was saying, That's really the big thing is, is great. I was able to still take care of people, but we also have to be able to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I know some leaders mm-hmm. will say that, that, you know, at the end of the day, they walk into their home and they take off that, that outer layer in a sense that, everybody else is seeing and saying, yes, you're an awesome leader, right. but, you know, they don't have the the, the inward focus to be able to, to continue to have that peace. And yeah. and I knew that that existed. I knew that others were looking for it just the same. And, and in, you know, that instance and others, it, it was usually a, a moment, a moment of, mm-hmm. hey, I can step into courage right now and make a decision. And that decision may not, have great outcomes for me because I have to own the the consequences of what maybe happened before in in, in working to fix it but at the same time it's going to have much better outcomes for these people these people that that you know we're serving and uh, it was certainly a defining moment in my journey for sure
0: I have to say Jared we just had a first on the Mitch Gray show for those of us listening to the audio you won't know this but I have a fly that is 100 bugging me and that fly just decided to sit on the camera and so <laughs> how that fly picked up the lens of the camera is a miracle but yeah anyway for those watching the video <laughs> i'm not going to edit that because we always talk about humanity and that those are the great moments in life
1: i saw so. that yeah i wasn't i wasn't sure you know it caught me yeah. for a second i thought is that you know uh, a <laughs> maybe a pet's tail that, that caught the outer circle or what, but a fly. it's a fly.
0: It's a fly. Yeah. So for those missing the uh, listening on audio, if you want to see the fly, then go watch the video. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, I want to go back to something. And you talked a lot about that, that, um, that kind of interpersonal growth and really what I'm going to call that awareness. And there are those moments that, you know, I like to, I like to kind of liken them to um, I love standing at a river's edge. And if the river's clear and you can see your reflection, But I love it even more when that reflection ripples and it kind of distorts a little bit. And that's almost very symbolic of those moments that you think you're seeing your true reflection. And then, you know, kind of the heat of life turns up and you see the ripples and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) I've got to do something here. Something needs to be adjusted. And that's really that idea of self-reflection, right? It's that idea of having that awareness. And so I really want to spend a few minutes. um, Let's dig into... What are some things that someone can do? And and, and I like to say everyone is in a leadership position. Everyone influences other people. You may be a boss, an owner, a CEO. You may be a parent or a school teacher or a coach. At the end of the day, you're even leading yourself before you're leading anyone else. And so these principles are very apropos to anyone. So what are some things that someone can do to kind of raise that vulnerability of self-reflection and that um, ability to have a greater self-awareness, maybe some actionable steps they could take to kind of begin that journey?
1: Yeah, the first one I would say, and and I talked about this as being one of those pieces, is setting sacred time with yourself. Mm. That is such a big one that I've come across so many leaders and and this was another piece that led to the, the journey is I would do a workshop within an organization and you'd see people fired up. Yes, I'm going to use this tool. I can see how it works. And they'd have this whole plan set up when they left. And then I'd see them two, three months down the road, maybe walking in the hallway and just checking in and saying, hey, how's that going? And they'd say, well, life has happened mm-hmm. and I wasn't able to go back to it. And you could tell, you know, they had positive intent, they wanted to. And so I thought, how, how can we make that happen? How can we partner to to get them there? And what I found was so many people have that intent of setting time for their development, but something comes up, someone needs a meeting or, you know, someone's asking for this. And instead of treating that as sacred time, just as, as right now, we had this time booked I'm not going to book over it and say, oh, sorry, Mitch, I I booked (laughs) over it. Have a great day. Right. But we do that with ourselves, right? We do that with our development time. And I always encourage people to to treat it that way. That is a meeting with yourself, just Mm -hmm. the same as you would with another human being. Mm -hmm. Hold to it. And even if it's just 30 minutes a week, that's 26 hours throughout the year, which is more than, than most people. And so that's a great start. And so having that sacred time, and then in that sacred time, as you mentioned, that self-reflection, taking the time first for what I like to call mirror moments, Mm -hmm. checking in, where's my accountability? Where am I at with that? Am I in alignment with my values? Am I taking time for my well-being? What do I want to grow and develop in a year from now? What I want to look back on and be able to say, hey, I accomplished this. I've come this far. Hey, I've learned this, that I've been able to invest in others. that I've been able to partner with others and really setting that in motion. So you have some good processes there. And then from there, looking at where, where are you in tune with those emotions? How are you addressing that? And emotional literacy, I think is, is just continuing to grow and develop in, in leaders, as you said. And when I talk about leaders, I say the same thing. That is anyone, anyone that is willing to step into that. And what are those things that may be holding you back from that vulnerability, as you mentioned? Mm. Is it because I'm struggling to address my emotions? Uh, There's some research out there that uh, I'm trying to recall the exact piece, but basically that the average human being can identify about three different emotions, happy, Mm. mad, sad, right? Right. But there are so many more emotions. Mm. And so how am I embracing that to be able to call out That emotion that I'm feeling, and and what does my body feel? So that maybe, you know, you're you're my integrity partner, uh, Mitch. And I come to you and I say, Hey, Mitch, I am struggling with frustration. I realize that's what it is. And I I've been struggling to get through it. Here's what's going on. Any thoughts on this? Any resources that you have? This is not easy for me to talk about. In fact, Mitch, you're the first person that I've talked to about it. And taking that, that awareness into then application. And whether that's talking with someone or going and seeking uh, different opportunities for, for how to grow in that. And so I think it starts with that sacred time uh, to, to your point of, of some of those actionables, taking those mirror moment check-ins, really taking a, a strategic approach and looking into the future. And then how do we get to action? And knowing that that's probably going to be uncomfortable at times, it's going to be hard for me to come to Mitch and talk about, you know, being vulnerable and talk about that frustration for the first time. But then I look back a year from now and I'm, I'm able to say, Mm -hmm. Hey, I haven't had a conversation like that before. Mm -hmm. And it led to this and it led to this. And now I'm continuing to grow. And maybe someone comes to me to have that conversation and I may not have the perfect approach, but I can work towards progress with them in that, that collaboration.
0: Yes. Yes. You used a phrase there that I want to point out because it was super subtle. And that is I'm feeling frustrated. And and one thing that we do is because really what we're talking about is naming and identifying and really receiving everything that happens within us and, and being very conscious and aware of those. And, there's a big difference in saying I am frustrated versus I am feeling frustrated. And that little mind shift alone and that perceptive change of frustration is not my identity. Yes. Rather, it's a feeling, it's a moment, and it's fleeting. But the other thing is, too, and, and to me, this is the real magic in dealing with things like frustration and fear and anger and happiness and sadness is when there's a teaching that basically says in talking about fear that says, I invite fear in for a cup of tea and I sit and I learn from fear. In other words, you're detaching yourself. You're no longer identifying as fear or frustration or anger but rather you're learning from it and you're helping, you know, you're raising that level of awareness. And to me, I love your idea about, about the mirror, that mirror moment. You talk about a mirror moment of being able to sit with that emotion and truly go, okay, what can you teach me about what's taking place? And I think people in leadership positions that becomes even magnified in power, because when you practice that, then you're able to go and engage the people that are within your influence in the same way and give them permission to take action in the same way, which totally changes the ecosystem of what's taking place.
1: That's a huge piece. I mean, that's that power piece right there. Yes. That, hey, I'm able to step into this a different way. And so many people sometimes are, are reluctant to go to those harder emotions. And what may be a harder emotion for you may be an easier yes. one for me. Yes. And they're worried that, oh, I'm going to get stuck there. And to your point that this may become my identity instead of realizing, no, this is an emotion. I can embrace it. And as I learn from it, the next time it comes forward, I'm going to be able to move through it even yes. quicker Yes, and get to these emotions that I enjoy being in and that I enjoy having but not, you know, going to an unhealthy place of trying to push it down or not acknowledge it. Right. And it becomes a different reality. And it's a big piece in the storytelling world yes. as well. Yes, You know, the stories that we're telling ourselves and sometimes that emotion jumps in and it captures it and it gets out in front of us. Versus when we're taking that time to embrace it, to learn, learn what it is when it pops up. Oh, I have dry dry mouth right now. Right. I have tingling. Right. That is this emotion coming up in me. Yeah. Why is that coming up? And now I'm I'm aware of it and I'm calling it out before it's already out in front mm-hmm. of me. And I'm saying, oh, no, let me pull that back. But instead, I'm learning about it. I'm realizing yeah. it. I'm able to go through it. And then I am in that more peaceful place. And I've, I've learned to, you know, take that on as a, as a powerful piece and grow from it. And I can say from experience, and I've had different coaching clients share as well. It is truly that different reality and how we show up with people and the way that we're able to process when somebody says something and, and our ego interjects and says, Ooh, you know, I'm, (laughs) I'm upset about that versus, huh? I'm feeling upset about that. Why is that? let me gather my thoughts here. And how do I ensure that I don't respond in a defensive way? Because I want to stay curious with this person. Yeah. There's a reason why that they're sharing that. And there's a reason why that triggered me this way.
0: A few things that reminds me of, um, first of all, the idea of community and, uh, you know, and having someone that you can walk alongside, or that can walk alongside you and in, in those moments. And, um, you know, I, I have a couple of people in my life that are that way. And oftentimes we have a phrase that we'll use that just says, this is only a moment. It's only a moment. And that that just relieves that feeling of overwhelm that we often all feel. The other thing that reminds me of is I have a saying that I began using internally a couple of years ago. And that is, okay, wait a second. I've been here before. Yes. I've been here before. I've seen this. And, and that's an internal You know, that shifting, you alluded to that internal story that we're all telling. We're all storytellers. In fact, the the only person you always have conversation with from birth to death is yourself. And so just kind of recapturing and reframing that story for me is oh, wait a second, I've been here before. And it kind of pulls the power back to you rather than giving the power to the emotion or the moment. The other thing is I want to give people something specific, another book reference. We've given you a few already, Uh, not just Jared's book, uh, Becoming a Peaceful Powered Leader, which you need to order. Can they
1: pre-order it yet, by the way? They can. It's available on all the major book platforms. So
0: So go pre-order it now as soon as you listen to this episode. But the other book reference is uh, Badass Habits by Jen Sincero. And that's just a great book. You you were kind of talking about that earlier about creating those habits. We called them sacred times, sacred moments, and that book, any book by Jensen Serral, is amazing. But I just worked through that book um, about two months ago, and it's it's a really powerful book to make you stop and think and consider and be, become more intentional with creating those sacred moments. So. I absolutely love that. Another thing you talk about in the book, Jared, and then we'll kind of start wrapping up is creating space for others to succeed. And you and I've talked about this quite a bit and, and uh, I I mention it in a different package in my book quite, quite often. What does that really look like for a leader to create space for others to succeed? And why is it so important?
1: Well, it's such a big thing because we see that sometimes. We see other people as competition, and that's mm-hmm. part of that storytelling, mm-hmm. right? Our mind mm-hmm. goes to this person's competition. When, in all reality, as you mentioned, the only person from from birth on that we have the yeah. conversation with is ourselves. I don't know anyone else's journey from start to finish, right? And so I may be looking and thinking that story, my my ego's rushing in and saying, "Oh, they're competition," and the reality is, no, they're not. There's there's space for everyone. And ultimately, it's a much more peaceful place when I'm looking at how can I help and support this person? How can I build them up through reward and recognition? And is there any ways that I can invest in them? Because I'll tell you, for me personally, that has been so huge. The way people have built me up, the way they've invested in me, people that could have looked and said, oh, he's competition. We're not going to to help him out. But anybody that I've really seen and come into contact with that is a true Growth and development believer and practitioner, they're always reaching that yes. hand out to say, "Hey, yes. how can I help?" Uh, Cy Wakeman, I love her work. She wrote the forward to my book, and she's the one that that really helped me explore that that ego. She's done so much. Anytime she has an opportunity to say, "Hey, Jared, can I highlight this?" she does that, and I've learned from her. And it's just one of those those unique things that when you're when you're building someone up, it truly is that place of peace to know hey, there's a space for them here and how can I help them? How can I embrace it? And usually I'm going to learn something along the way as well in that connection. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the reality is there's enough in the universe for everyone. Yes. There's, a, there's enough money, there's enough resources, there's enough knowledge, there's enough wisdom, there's there's enough in the universe for everyone. It's just a matter of, I love that idea of creating space for others. And, you know, let's be honest, really competition is something that we've made up to feed the ego when it boils down to it. It's like, well, I got to feel like I won. And in the end, it's like, what did you really win? You know? And so, um, so I love that idea of creating space for others. And and I love the idea, if you are someone listening to the show who has employees or a team, I wanna take that a step further and say that there are actually ways that you can create success in, in others' jobs intentionally. And I think employers often forget that. I think, I, I in think fact, empl- I don't think, I know. Employers hire someone with the assumption of success rather than hiring someone with the intentionality of creating success and those are two very different approaches and yes. i not you know i'm sure the people you've worked with over the years it's kind of been the same pattern and we just get really lazy sometimes when it comes to creating that space and that intentionality
1: yes that's such a great point and i love that about you mitch and, and just the as you call it out the, the that's humanistic right there right yeah. that's truly what it is and and that word lazy Uh, that can be a trigger for some people like, wait, I'm not lazy. (laughs) Well, there's that mirror moment, right? That (laughs) mirror moment to say, "Mm, maybe I have been, how do I set and own my reality in a different way? And I have the opportunity to do that. And then that in turn changes the way that I show up with others, that I step into that with others and that thought process, as you mentioned there and resetting that and what that can do. And so love that genuineness there of really Mm -hmm. Uh, to me, it's it's gritty, right? Leadership yes. is gritty. Yes. It's real. It's human and authentic. And and yeah. these type, types of conversations help us uh, remember that. Yeah,
0: Jared, I love it, man. This has been an amazing conversation, uh, brothers and sisters. Go pre order if you're watching the video. I'm holding it up on screen. Uh, Becoming a peaceful, powered leader by Jared Narlock. Um, go pre order that now. You can actually get the ebook. Um, if you if you prefer the, the electronic version, how to shed fear, live courageously, and own your peace. it is a great book. Um, I've read ninety eight percent of it. There's a couple of a couple of pages I skipped over to get ready for the show, but it's uh, it's an amazing book. So Jared, tell everyone how they can stay in contact with you. Um, I don't know where you are on doing more workshops or taking clients, but if you're if if you are open to that right now and have the capacity. kind of what people can look for in regard to your services as well.
1: Yes. Thanks, Mitch. Uh, My website is peacefulpowerleadership.com. And there it talks about the different workshops that I facilitate, the different coaching opportunities. And then I'm very active on LinkedIn. And so feel free to connect on LinkedIn and I share content there on a regular basis with that intent. My intent, my purpose is always to help others grow and develop and inspire them to take that action and so those are, are the two places that that you can reach me uh, very quickly. And then every once in a while, uh, you'll see uh, some of that content. I, I try to be more consistent on uh, Twitter as well.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Jared, thanks for coming on the Mitch Gray show. Um, I appreciate it. And I, it's amazing to me. And the, the podcasting subculture is kind of this way that, you kind of naturally start attracting the people that you align with and and your message is amazing. Your stories are amazing. Your interviews, you did a great job, man. So congratulations on the book and thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you, Mitch. I appreciate it. and appreciate you having me.
0: Yes. Brothers and sisters, thanks for listening to the Mitch Gray Show. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media. And until next time, we will talk to you soon.